Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Okay, right. Welcome to everybody tuning into the Everyday Martial Arts podcast with me, the Dark Master. I'm super excited to have Mr. Adam Woodhouse uh, as a guest on this podcast. Uh, we go back uh, a long way. Uh, hopefully, we'll explain a little bit about that. Um, I have massive respect for him in many, many ways. And um, I can honestly say that he's been uh, a huge uh, influence in my life as a, as a, as a young instructor. Uh, and like I, like I always say, students, there are students that teach me uh, well, all my students teach me something, but he certainly taught me a lot about myself. So um, I'd like to thank him for that. So welcome to you, uh, Adam. How are you doing? Oh, thank you very much, Master G. It's uh, an honour to be here. And uh, that's uh, very kind words uh, you're saying there. That's, um, yeah, pretty touched by that. Well, they, well, they, well <laughs> they, they, come, they come from the heart. And as I say, um, you know, over the years, uh, teaching... Um, you know, certain students, they, they have a, an impact. And I'm sure, you you know, you teach as well. I'm sure you have a, you, you know, you feel this yourself. And I think that for me as an instructor, I, I need to sort of feel, almost feel that feedback, a positive feedback. Uh, and I always, mm. got a, I always got a positive feedback from you and you know, many other students as well that actually this was worth doing and um, it was worth teaching. But I uh, love, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But uh, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock straight into it. We may have to do this in two parts, as we were talking earlier, just off camera, because if you don't have enough time. But uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit, like I ask everyone, uh, to tell us a little bit about your martial arts journey, because I know it's taken a few turns, and I always understand, yeah. that, as I said before, this could take five hours. <laughs> you know, everybody's martial arts journey is very different, and if you've been training a while or you've been in the martial arts a while, it can take some time, but. Tell us a little bit about that, anyway. Well, um, I, I dabbled in uh, kickboxing before I came to yourself. Uh, so this is back in, I was just sort of my last year of school, so sort of eight, 85. Did about a year of kickboxing before I came to you. And that's where I'm, um, after about a year of doing that, I started the taekwondo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was doing them both for a little bit of a while. The kickboxing was, I mean, obviously, it's easy once you go to your first class to be very blinkered into what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Um, I met uh, Corin Armstrong through a friend of mine. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and he he got he's talking to me about martial arts, and we were chatting, and I just came along to the taekwondo, and I could fit them both in. And obviously, being a very uh, young and uh, <laughs> young and fit, and having lots of time on my hands, I decided to do them both um, regularly. It was only after it was about six months later that I realised that taekwondo was more for me. Um, at the time, maybe it's down to my build, or the, yeah, yeah. also like very much liked the 
sort of psychology aspect of it, the discipline and the there's a lot of courtesy going on. Uh, whereas the kickboxing was a little bit less um, involved in that way. Um, and I think at the time being like 15, I was probably I was 16 when I started the Taekwondo. It was, um, and obviously, you know, skinny I was. I was like about eight. Stone <laughs> <or something. laughs> um, I, I probably, um, the kickboxing was probably a little bit tough for me as, as, as being that sort of light. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after the time, did the Taekwondo, as you know, for about um, just uh, 10 years, 11 years, I think. Um, and that was a, a very, uh, yeah, very, very long, big learning curve. I mean, yeah, wow. Lots of uh, growth. And that, that time of life is a, a big uh, sort of cycle for growth anyway. Yeah. Just sort of early adulthood. And uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just <laughs> reminiscing about things in my head. I'm just, I'm just taking my headphones. I, I was getting a bit of feedback on my side, so I'm just taking it off. I think it's better. Um, I'll use the comp computer audio, but no, it's okay. But it is an interesting time because I mean, I, I started uh, at 16, mm. and um, so I, I can sort of understand where you're coming from. I remember going to my into my first class, and obviously. I'd say at that time martial arts was was I wouldn't say new, but you know you had you had the influence of the Bruce Lee movies and whatever. You know mm. everybody thought they were going to go in and you were going to be a black belt within a um, you know a week. Uh, <laughs> and then you realised that you know you, you had to do a, quite a lot of work and you had to you know stand still and um, uh, in those days not 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 sort of chuckle in the class and, and be quite strict. Um, and it was completely different, but. I, you know, I've said to a few people on this uh, on this podcast and talking to guests that actually, for me, I, I loved it. For the for my first session, I started. Mm. I remember walking home thinking that was great. Mm. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. And um, it, 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 I wouldn't say I was completely hooked then, but it certainly didn't take me long to to, to do that. But it, it it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the martial arts side from me it was the fact that i don't know it, there seemed to be so much to it it gave me a focus and uh, mm. something that it was obviously something that i needed at the time because you know once i started doing it i mean i i, I couldn't stop you know on a nightly basis i'll be out there you know doing my patterns and, <laughs> and, stuff, and whatever so yeah great. so i don't know if it was a similar thing for you well i think but i was that's what i was sort of reminiscing about when it actually really hooked me um i think it was about green belts um by green belt i was hooked so about a year a year of training with yourself yeah um, and yeah. i really started to go wow this is yeah this is fantastic I mean, it was before that but i think green belt was a big okay was a big a big sort of stepping so you know new belt and then yeah the, the sort of psychological element that goes with getting that new belt and obviously green's a darker color than the yellow and it it really separates you from the white belts then in the road, whereas the yellow belts only one away. I know they've got the tags as well, but it really does separate you from the beginners. It's a whole, it sort of symbolizes a whole year as well. Yeah. Um, and I think um, coming in and uh, doing well in tournaments and the tournament aspect of it then started to sort of shine and engravings as well with, um, you know, the A-pass system and what have you. Um, and it wasn't. It was only when I got to Blue Tag that I was actually. You asked me to start teaching with you with the kids down in Bath. Hmm. Um, I, it's weird because I looked. I was just thinking about this when I was sort of, sort of reminiscing earlier. And I, at the time, I don't think that 
anything really clicked in me that I thought it was anything special. I mean, to be actually asked at that grade to teach was a bit, was a bit, a bit, now I look back, it's like, wow, okay, it's only, it's my sort of knowledge that I'd collected by them was minimal at best. And it's, it's just, sorry, my computer's making noises. Can you get, is that on the audio as well, is it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had a little bit of uh, feedback. I don't know if it was on, on me or you. So I, I, uh, that should be turned off now. Apologies about that. Yeah. Okay. No. No. No worries. Well, it, yeah. It, it's funny because I remember seeing you in class and thinking, "Wow, you know, you you were really passionate about it." And it brought mm. back memories of myself because I actually started teaching at the same. That I was a green belt when. when oh, okay. Yeah, asked me to take the class, so I thought, "Oh, okay. I'll you know, wow." Um, mm. so teaching and it, and it was. Um, I'm assuming he must have saw something in me and thought, well, actually, you know, this, he's really keen. Let's let's get him let's get him going. Um, and I think also, p- particularly at that time, um, you know, f- for me as an instructor, try, trying to find people with a, a sort of similar passion for what I was doing um, was was quite a goal actually, and and it it, made, mm. it did make me very happy to see someone. Well, you know, this this, this guy really loves this and. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll try and get him in the fold and um, get him uh, part of it. But uh, no, it was good. it was um, uh, it was it was good for me because I think as an instructor, and I'm sure instructors listening to this, you know, you, you, you'll see you'll sort of teach a class and you'll you'll give some instruction, whatever, and then the next session, a lot of people will come back, and some people you know they've practiced it because you can see it. Mm. Some people you know they've just gone home and watched Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah 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 you know what i mean so so you think right okay um and you know and then and then all of a sudden the other people that have watched coronation street are calling the people that have gone home to, and worked on it lucky oh you're really lucky you're, you're a natural <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so um, i mean it's yeah. a combination of being natural and having that sort of continued sort of le- self-learning um yeah. on top of the class is a uh, definitely what sort of Definitely, that's it's a thing that really shows. Yeah, sure. Um, but after, after, I mean, sorry, we're still on, we're still on question one of many. But um, after that, I know that you know once once you you left Honda and went to do uh, sort of sort of other things. What what, what, what mm. was your journey then? Um. Well, the, the next sort of stage was still a color bell, quite a very big stage. Was when I got to blue belt. You. Um, asked me to go and teach with you in the eight. Yes. And yes. then that was not like the green belt. That was something I suddenly went, okay, this is not the same. Because mm-hmm. it blue belt, sorry, green belt, when you were asking me to teach, it was very, it seemed very casual to me. It was at the same club. I was there anyway. I'd always turn up early. Yeah. And it was the kids, you were getting me to teach the kids. But when it was blue belt, and you said, oh, how do you feel about coming up to Yate every Tuesday? It was like, wow, okay. And obviously I was a lot more passionate about it at that time anyway. And that was like a real sort of, whoa, yeah, that was a massive sort of leap in my, I mean, obviously I would have continued to be really enthusiastic, but that really changed it. I felt, you know, going in, I was starting to teach adults as well. And that's a, you know, that's, it was a, yeah, definitely a big step in the self-confidence thing. I mean, we'll talk about, that's another, a very big step that uh, we can talk about later. I think that's on one of the other sort of questions. about what is how it's affected me um but yeah blue belt was a huge was it yeah a, a huge thing um in many ways one it's called a senior grade 
um even though it sort of isn't really i'd say black belt is sort of well it's sort of halfway um different perceptions on it i guess i think when you've been training a long time blue belt uh, after a year and a half it doesn't seem like anything <laughs> i'm not knocking any blue belts out there fair play to you <laughs> but um yeah that was a, a blue belt was as big a step as black belt for me because of that element um yeah and obviously when i got my first stand um under under master cho that was yeah that was very special as well um and shortly after that was started opening my own club over in um south bristol over in uh, canesham that's yes. that was yeah and getting my, my actual 100 percent my students because obviously before that it was always teaching other people's students and um it's it's never quite the same as you know it's it's a it's a different feel yes. the first yes. time that getting my first students to a grading and just being yeah these are 100 percent my creations as it were <laughs> yeah that was a that was, yeah, huge very very uh, big stepping stones there um obviously got my uh, got my second down but it was after that but it was maybe six months after the second down that one of the big things that changed my perceptions on martial arts was um in a seminar with willie lim and being <laughs> knocked out by the like a shooter where sorry knife and guardian block mm. and being knocked out by that and i just went wow um I'd heard about this sort of things before, but they were from different systems. But as he was a Korean, a Taekwondo master, that sort of um, made it a little bit different for me. And that was where my pursuit of that sort of thing um, started. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Going on, and after I did my third degree, which was possibly in 90, I can't remember, 95, maybe. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd sort of, it's like you, it's like we've said before about steps of learning and about how many patterns do you really sort of need, need to know how many times do you need to repeat the same technique in, in a low grade. Yeah. Pattern, and then again, it's repeated in the high grade. Pattern. Like this is everywhere. Um, it really sort of started, I started to drift away from the sports, the, totally away from sparring side of it. and um much more getting into the sort of the bunkai which is quite popular these days i've noticed very uh, people the older applications of things and yeah that's what that sort of made me end up drifting away um his pursuit of looking at the correct posture for those type of things um which don't necessarily teach you to have a good posture sort of skeletal position for good health and life but for combat it, it's it, it's a lot more protective and a lot a lot more different rather than yeah. this shoulder yeah. back and this um what is a good what is generally seen as a good posture but it's not for that particular element so i just just decided it was a very big step at the time when you consider it was my almost my sole income yes and yes. going from going from teaching my club and i had i had three sessions a week there to um leaving that behind and teaching something which would never um have that many students in of course so it was a very big step, and, and I mean, sometimes I thought it was a big mistake, but um, I don't sort of regret it. Um, but it's like going off on my own and leaving an association, which is always a yeah, it's a difficult thing, especially as a young man. And maybe I was a bit arrogant at the time. I, but probably I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think not, but I, I, I think I'm probably wrong. <laughs> well, well, I think I think 
one one thing that I've realised, having been in the martial arts for for a long time, is that mm. is that uh, what one one size certainly doesn't fit all, um, mm. and particularly once you've been in it a long time, um, you know, you know, I've, I've taken my martial arts in for one of a better word, other other directions. You know, you know, when I was into the sport side of of martial arts. I wasn't particularly into the into the philosophy or whatever, but 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 now I am. Into, you know, I, I look a lot more at that type of thing, and uh, mm. uh, you know, a bit of, I do a bit of meditation, which I would never have been able to do, you know, in the night. Well, early nineties, that certainly wasn't mm. sitting still for ten minutes meditating was definitely definitely not me. Whereas whereas now, um, I, I actually see it as a quite a big part of my martial art for example Mm, talk about a bit later so so yeah i i don't i don't see anything wrong wrong with that you know a lot of people go oh well okay i I think i can't remember who it was uh it was a senior grade at the time spoke to me and said that um you know some people will train to green belt and get what they want from it some people will train to black belt go and get what they want from it some people will get what they want from it from fourth degree, and some people will keep, will keep going and, and continue to get different things from it. You know, as as we as we get older, um, you know, our thoughts change. Um, you know, most well, certainly me as a as a as a young person, I, I didn't start martial arts to be a competitor, but I find that actually that I was quite good at it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a competitor and, and did fairly well, but that wasn't the reason that I carried on doing my taekwondo. You know, if somebody said to me. When I was at that height of my competition stop, um, time, sorry, you can't compete anymore. I'd have gone, yeah, okay, and carried on doing that <laughs> because I love doing it. But yeah, uh, uh, you know, and, and I think that um, for, for me at that time, I hadn't got what I wanted out, out of it. And it wasn't competing. It wasn't uh, that I realised that actually um, that was just something that I happened to be very good at. But um, the point I'm making is, is that I think, I think. As instructors as well, we have to accept that at some point, some person will, you know, a person that perhaps who is you think is going to stay forever will say, actually, I've got what I want from this now. I'm going to go somewhere else to get something different. Uh, sure. And that was hard. <laughs> well, that was hard for me to accept at the time. But yeah. now I'm a bit older and a bit more mature and I can see things from a different perspective. Mm. Um, I, I understand that. I understand that. And you, I think we all need to accept that as instructors, um, mm. you know, and, and realise that actually we've had – a reasonable input into this individual um and they are who they are um you know because they've perhaps had a, a bit of input from us or whatever you know i'm not, I'm not saying that in, a, in an arrogant way um, oh no i'd say you yeah reasonable's uh an understatement but yeah yeah um i mean i mean go, sorry go on go on i think when, you, when you're saying about uh, just think about the inputs um I don't know how to put it. When you say about um, the input was the input from yourself was massive. Mm. Um, I mean, you got, bear in mind the age I was at sixteen, very easily influenced, and some obviously in some places that could be very bad. Yeah, but easily influenced by you were always very calm and very, very technical and very good at explaining um, how things and why things work. And you, you didn't you. There was one thing that made me want to be better is you there always seemed to be an ex, a silent expectation that you wanted us to we should know a bit more we should be a bit better at this but it was never something anything said by you 
Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't even know what I'm trying to get at there. It's, but it was, it was always like, right, okay, we've got to do something. To, we've got, got to. I mean, I used to chat with Corin and Lawrence about this. Yeah. As well. well Lawrence is another person who's a, a big influence. We influence each other massively, of course. Um, and it was like this oh, but Master Gale or Mr. Gale at the time was. Da, 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 da. It was, you know, you'd be mentioned quite a lot outside of the class when we were together. And it was, it was quite, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, it, 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 it big, big influence, yeah. Yeah, no, it's nice, nice, nice to 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 know that. And um, the, the funny thing was, you know, you're talking about um, for the, for those listening, Lawrence, uh, I was another student of mine at the same time as uh, as Adam, and um, you know, they were both sort of good good friends and both very very um, passionate about martial arts. So I think um, I'm, I'm actually going to try and get <laughs> Lawrence to do this. Um, he's oh, in, yeah. in Holland, does a keto now, and um, mm. I think he's enjoying that. But uh, yeah, it it, it is. Yeah, it's nice to know, and I, you know, I, I teach some of the instructors. And I say, listen, you know, you can make a massive difference in someone's life. You know, mm. a positive difference. Um, and and you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna teach, then you, you need to make sure that the difference that you make is a positive one and not a negative mm. one. Um, you know, as much much as possible. Mm. So so that's that's good to know. Um, like like I said, this this um the, the first, <laughs> maybe we'll have to do ten of these because this first question has taken a while, but that's all right. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. I love I love it. I love it because okay. it, it, it it's 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 important to I, I think for people to know um you know where where I've I've been in the past and where we where we've both been. But um, mm. go on, carry, carry on. You 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 said about yeah. This, I mean, even on this question, it's it's yeah. it could go on forever. And Lawrence is a massive say, a massive influence an influence on my training. I I was only. We graded more or less at the same time. Sure. Uh, we ended up living together, and he ended up being my assistant instructor. Yes. Um, yes. And even though we worked on exactly the techniques in the same way, often like every day in the week, you know, we'd be doing our martial arts, making our hip twist strong, mm-hmm. checking this, 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 sparring, and what. So you know, all of it really. Um, we've since um lawrence moved away from england and we we sort of lost contact and recently got back into contact but it's it's funny he's gone to a, a very the opposite end of the spectrum we're both very similar in our training and then he's gone to aikido i've gone into more combatives and it's uh yeah it's quite it's quite different how like diametrically opposed the training has ended up from being along the same line and then just totally opposite end of the scale it's uh yeah, very. It's quite. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's yeah, yeah. And, well, it's, and I, I suppose, like, like I say, you know, I said before, it's you know, you you, you decide. Okay, I've, I've had what I need from this, and then I'm going to go here or go something mm. slightly different. You know, I, I, I've done done that myself. Really, and, you know, I mentioned before on this podcast, I've done a bit of Tai Chi, and I was I wanted mm. to. Uh, a sort of soft martial art, uh, something slightly different, and, and that that was quite an experience as well. But uh, mm. what, what what about um, moving on from there? Uh, your next part of your journey? <laughs> you well, to- I'm open. To- this is the thing about um, when I left uh, teaching the taekwondo. I mean, I didn't have a super successful club or anything like that, but I needed to think about earning uh, money um, in a different way as well. Um, so when I I because of what I was teaching, I it's always the idea of like pressure testing. And I've actually, I wrote an article uh, not long ago about pressure testing martial arts for reality. Sure. And um, sure. this is one of the things, I mean, I really thought I knew I was what I was doing. And we, it, I think if you 
through pure luck and uh, what have you, I didn't actually get hurt. So I went on to be a, a bouncer for like as a full time job for I did that for about 15 years. And obviously, I'm not like a, a big guy. Like um, I was probably about 12 stone at the time, which was obviously tiny for a, <laughs> for a bouncer. I've only got little hands and little wrists and what have you. I'm not like genetically strong or what have you. And that was a, a massive sort of eye opener. Um, and it's very interesting looking at things like the British Combat Association, the application of how to use martial arts and what have you, and it's invaluable. Um, yes, that was a that was a, a very big eye opener. And my martial arts, as, as what I teach and how I train, has changed since the beginning of that, right up to the end of it. And even even since when I stopped um, doing door work back in two thousand and eleven, maybe. Um, even since then, and getting out of that sort of inv- inviting <laughs> violence to your own doorstep, effectively, it's um, yeah. My training, I'm just continuously learning it. It's utterly fascinated by that element of it, which is essentially what the physical element of it is. What it's about, and it's easy to be easy. Um, I got a bit of a, a sort of doing martial arts and being a bouncer. People ended up thinking I might have been a bit thuggish. And what have you, even though I was always overtly polite, I think that surprised a few doormen I was working with how courteous I was with people and the difference it can actually make rather than someone's, yeah, especially back in the 90s. It's pre uh, the modern sort of jurisdiction, the sort of national jurisdiction. It was all local jurisdictions at the time. Um, Violence was quite sort of high on the agenda for the doormen. So approaching it with a bit of a softer approach, um, well, it's the sort of thing that. Not only I think it's the right thing to do, but it's something that probably uh, saves me uh, having my uh, not very hefty body getting a bit of a battering very often. <laughs> but yeah, that was a massive um, self-test in, in, you know, against fears and things like that. It's I really didn't know what I was doing. I thought I'll be all right. I'll be all right. First night it was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> but, but by then i you know it's something i was sort of invested in doing but it's it is a, a straight yeah to actually pressure test without doing any like um control pressure testing really in my own class or in any type of training apart from like sort of heavyish sparring um which is obviously completely like other end sort of a different end of the scale for real violence it was um yeah, that was a, a massive step. And they ahead of me, there were huge steps. And I didn't realize it at the time. I thought, oh, just a, just a few steps and everything would be all right. It's like, wow, okay, 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 I'm learning more. And the thing is, back then, YouTube wasn't really a thing. So there was no, I could read things. You go to a few seminars here and there, sometimes run by people who didn't really know what they were doing either. So you sort of, yeah, that was a, yeah, that's a huge sort of, a, a huge sort of step in sort of awakening to like, the physical element of the martial arts. Um, and I haven't, one thing I haven't mentioned is the sort of, you're saying the sort of psychological element that martial arts does to you, the self-confidence, the, the tenets of something, you know, even though I'm not a taekwondo practitioner, I haven't been for 25 years or so. It's that there's something which are everyone forget martial artists. Everyone should do. They're, uh, you know amazing things you can apply them all to being a, to being a bouncer as well and they you know i didn't go through them in my head but they were so ingrained ingrained by then sure. um sure. that they yeah they're massive they're a massive massive help 
and obviously in normal everyday life it's they're they're brilliant things it's yeah well just just um you know for for those uh listening in in taekwondo because uh this this is a podcast is a a multi-style thing but for for those our tenets of taekwondo which is courtesy integrity perseverance self-control and indomitable spirit and you know those, those tenets are the things that we're we're trying to achieve um, and get um, get closer to through our training. So uh, that's what uh, Adam's referring to there. He's talking about the tenets of Taekwondo. Um, that that's that that is interesting because I think you know when when I got to interview uh, General Che, he mentioned um, that perhaps if he had taught started doing Taekwondo again, he he would put more emphasis on the tenets earlier. Um, I know I know we tend to learn them, but we tend to learn them as just something to pass our grading as parrot that's exactly what i was going to say yeah it's yeah. you read it and go right i must learn these forget about it mm. it's just you learn it but you forget about the meaning of it exactly but as i said at the beginning about going from the kickboxing to the taekwondo it was you you get that sort of especially the the discipline the courtesy side of things it's a, it was a lot more evident. I mean, obviously back then it was a bit more like kickboxing back then when we started anyway, <laughs> a lot rougher. Um, but the whole, you know, the, the, the tenants are sort of, I think they were evident when you, because the bath club was, you know, it was, it was very big at the time, wasn't it? Um, it was. And, you, you know, line up and everyone just went, lined up really quickly, grade order, people sort the grades out and then everyone stood there in the ready position. And the first time watching it, it's like, wow. Okay, and it's, it's so yeah. It's saying that you sort of learn learn the tenets and forget sort of forget the words. But I think the they were sort of ingrained in you over time in the training without actually having to think about the words. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I've always sort of without using the tenets. I think when I first started um, teaching my own system, I think I used the tenets for a while, um, but. After a while, I think it's sort of to reinforce what I'm saying. I think people just did adhere to them without even knowing them, because it was the way that you know people were courteous to each other. And if they weren't, they were out. It's it's yeah. I have actually kicked people out of the class a few times because they weren't the right type of people. But yeah, that's interesting. And maybe it's something that should be written down. I mean, maybe it's something I'm missing. Even you know these days, it's. You carry on learning, isn't that right, Master G? Yeah. Well, you, you, <laughs> you certainly do. Well, you should do. People, you know, people should do it. Should be. It should be uh, a learning experience. Life is, uh, is a, you know, learn by experience. Certainly, it should be the same with martial arts as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think when you feel yeah. that you can't learn anymore, then you, you you probably need to just do something else because uh, mm. you know you're not you're not getting it, so to speak. Um, yeah. Well, my. my uh, I, uh, feel free to to, to share any more because this is fantastic. I'm, I'm loving this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, learning about your 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 thoughts, but uh, I, I know your your journey has probably taken you, uh, you know, from from there a l- little bit further as well. Obviously, you did the the door work, and now you you know you're running your own your own school. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention about that. Your oh sure, I mean I think um, because of the uh, when I first. Um, started my own system it was very regimented it was very much you could almost tell it I was from a taekwondo background or possibly a sort of traditional karate background by the way I taught there was grades people wore suits um geese uh, dough box um 
had no footwear on. These days, I get people to wear footwear always because of the nature of what it's for and to you know enable you to get used to it. Sometimes I get them to get their backpack on or their jacket on. So they get used to suddenly they've got that sort of standard everyday encumbrance they might have um, for when they're doing their techniques. They don't do this always, but I often do bag work with my bag on with a hat on even, because as soon as it gets knocked, it, it does make a difference for the whole thing. So just making things as difficult for you sort of um, as possible and doing running um, certain scenarios with with um, within the class of having someone being aggressive with you, sort of simulating sort of uh, lead up to an attack. And you're actually holding hands with someone who could be a child, could be a loved one. And you've got to try and and they squeeze your hand because when someone's scared, they might squeeze your hand. And then that hand is half tied up and just trying to sort of, yeah, get, get sort of stepped fully away from any wearing of sort of any sort of uniform and putting and adding to the lack of uniform to what you're wearing. Those little difficult, difficult situations, um, like I was saying about holding the holding of the hands or, you know, this type of thing, just to try and. Yeah, because you could you could have a top-ranking martial artist, and then suddenly he's realised he's trying to do something. He's got a pair of jeans on, and a pair of boots, and a jacket, and a bag on, maybe, or he's holding the hand, or so any other any other myriad of different scenarios. And they suddenly realise they've got no chance of moving how they're used to. Sure. sure. Even normal footwork with with shoes on is is quite different. And then you've got things like, especially um, in over in Bath, where the pavements aren't level, and that's where I did most of my door work. And it's one of the things that really woke me up to the idea of um, doing stuff that isn't on a flat floor. of Because um, the pavement edgings there, a lot of the pavements are very old and they're all a bit buckled. And I've almost tripped over. And that can, can, you know, even if you're winning the sort of fight, it can suddenly change to you being in a lot of trouble. Um, so, yeah, just just sort of trying to create trying to create difficult scenarios to make to make the training a bit a bit more awkward. Um, it's, a, it's a totally different sort of perception onto it. Um, yeah, sorry, a lot of thems. I'm trying to think of other things. But no, no, that's, yeah. that's fine. Well, what, what I was going to, what I was going to say, say there, because um, we're pro- probably at uh, a time on this one. But what I'm going to say is, I'm going to, we're going to record, we're going to record part two um, directly after this. I'll, I'll uh, and okay. then, um, you know, for the, for those for those uh, listening, I'll be putting these on in um, uh, in different intervals, so we'll have uh, part one, part two, and so on. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, by the sounds of it, we're going to get to a lot of parts, which is great because <laughs> this is what is this, this is about. So, um, is this question one still? This is question one, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I still got about, I don't know. I, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. That, that, that's fine. <laughs> so for, those, for those listening, this is question one, and we're going to end question one there, and we're going to come on to question two um, soon. So you'll get another, uh, another, another episode. And we'll see how how far we get. So I'm just going to say goodbye to those people listening uh, to this one. Hopefully you'll listen to uh, number two uh, with Mr. Adam Woodhouse. It's been fantastic. And um, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you.